0: I encourage you, if you don't have your Bible with you this morning, there should be one in front of you in the, in the pew, that I encourage you to open up and read along with us. We put the focus on the Word of God. The final authority here at Indian Gap is the Word of God and is the Bible. And We want to we wanna open it up and see what the Lord has for us out of the Word of God. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 25. If you found it, let's read along, read along with me. When they were come down from the high place into the city... Samuel communed with Saul upon the top of the house. Now, Samuel went to find Saul because Saul is going to be the king, the first king of Israel. And God's chosen out Saul to be the first king of Israel and and sent Samuel down to talk to Saul about this. And Saul has no idea what's about to happen to him. But notice in verse 26, and they arose early and it came to pass About the spring of the day, that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house, saying, Up that I might send thee away. And Saul arose and they went out, both of them, he and Samuel abroad. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Now, bid the servant to pass on before us. He says, Now, get your servant, get him to keep on going. I I want you to stay here. Bid the servant pass on before us. And he passed on. But this is what Saul, excuse me, Samuel says to Saul, But But you, Saul, but Saul, stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. So Samuel says, stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. I want to preach this morning about standing still a while. Just slowing down and standing still a while. And you'll find out, there's a lot of things in life you'll find out when you just stop and stand and look around a little bit. Uh, The devil's greatest trick he's played on the world, especially here in America, is he's got us running too fast. He's got us go, go, go. We're always go, go, go. Everything's fast, fast, fast. Everybody's, Everybody's going one place to another. And you know, in the Bible, in Daniel, in chapter 12, that's one of the prophecies of the end time, is that knowledge shall increase and people would run to and fro, to and fro. Everybody's going everywhere. And we need to stand still for a while and See what the Lord has for us. And I'm going to show you a couple of places in the Bible where men and women, they stood for a little while. And what they seen when they took a little bit of time to slow down and stood still for a little while. You know, the old saying is, slow down and smell the roses. You know, slow down and smell the roses. Slow down. And if y'all are in here this morning, y'all know y'all have took the time to slow down. Amen. If you're coming into church and sitting down in a church... You, thank God, have decided to slow down and stand here a little while. And I want to show you that Samuel says, Stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. So first you need to do is you need to stand still and let someone show you the word of God. It's a good thing to get to know the word of God. We need to set our priorities straight. We need to stand still and, and look at the Word of God. We need to get our priorities straight. Our priorities are sometimes we get so worried about going real fast with our job, real fast. We've got to take care of the kids, take care of our job, do this and do that. It's fast, 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 fast. Move, 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 move. We need to slow down and see what God has for us. And I know in this church I've encouraged y'all over and over again about getting up in the morning before you, everything starts getting busy, before things start getting hectic. Get up early in the morning. Open your Bible. Read your Bible. Let the Lord speak to your heart through the Bible. That's how God speaks to you is through His Word. And we get so we get up and the alarm goes off. We slap the alarm, or we get our phone and we turn it off, and we get up. And we're brushing our teeth. We're taking a shower. We're trying to grab something to eat, and it says go, 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 go. We're trying to get. The, we need if that's how your life is, you need to get up earlier. And slow down a little while and take the time to spend with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I showed you all a few weeks back that the Lord Jesus Christ, He did things early in the morning. Amen. He showed up in the temple. The Bible says He showed up in the temple early in the morning and was teaching people. So if you showed up late in the temple, you missed out. Jesus had already taught and took off. <laughs> he wants to talk to you early in the morning. Now if you're kind of person me and Linda were talking about this, we're kind of t- you're kind of person that your lifestyle is going to dictate to you what you have to do then you need to find a time maybe in the evening to slow down and speak to the Lord but whatever you do slow down and let the Lord speak to your heart slow down and let that I may show thee the word the word of God slow down that I may show thee the word of God you know what's amazing to me is when you turn on the TV is how much things have changed, just like in TV and movies. Have you noticed that when you watch a TV, or a commercial, whatever it is, that they that everything's like that. Yep. They, they they film it like every every three seconds they change the angle on the camera. They they they, they can't have a camera. It's just like bam, bam, bam. It, it, watch it. Get a stopwatch out and, t- and click every time they change the angle. They'll, the angle, angle, angle. You can't even hardly focus on TV. And I used to go over to. And I still do go and visit y'all. Some of y'all and I'll go in y'all's house and I, I, I and y'all be watching old westerns. I found out if, if you watch old westerns, that means you're right with the Lord. <laughs> I figured that out because a lot of these old timers that uh, that I've wit- witnessed to witness to to talk to that I know are close to the Lord, they're always watching westerns. But I think there's more to it than that. That just being right with the Lord. I think y'all don't like watching this new TV because it's so fast and things. But that's how the world's set up. It's. And, and, and this is the people that don't want to have anything to do with the Lord. But they acknowledge the Lord in all the things that they do. They won't slow down and realize Hollywood and all these places, that TV, movie actresses, actors, musicians, they don't want to acknowledge God. A lot of them claim to be atheists, but they sure don't have no problem using the name of the Lord in vain. I hear them say, hear them use the name Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, Christ, and, and when they're cussing. I hear them uh, use, uh, tell somebody that they hope God damns them. Why are you using God's name? Why are you, you don't believe in the Bible. Slow down and stand still for a while and realize what you're doing. Nothing drives me any more nuts than to turn on and hear these guys say, I'm so blessed. That's not, no, that's a Christian term. <laughs> That's, that comes out of the Bible. Don't, stop using bless. Find, find your own words to use. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers. Don't be a liar. Think about what you're saying. Slow down and think about you. You're, you're going to keep me in your thoughts? How good is that going to do me? Think about it. I, I'll keep you in my thoughts. No, no, pray for me. you thinking about me. It's not going to do no good for me. You can, I can think about myself and don't do no good. Pray to the Lord God for me and ask him to intervene in my situation. But people don't stop and think. The Bible says, stand still, stand still a while that I may show thee the word of God. You know, a lot of times people don't want to believe in the Bible and they're atheists because they've never slowed down to check it out. They're running through life so fast they never have slowed down to say, what does the Bible really say? What does the Bible really say? You know, years ago, and I mean, this is years ago. On the this is back when I was crazy, and I'm still half crazy. I decided that I was going to uh, going to defend the Bible on the internet. So you how crazy I am, right? So I'm on the internet, and some idiot comes on there, and they say uh, the Bible's full of errors. So, being a Christian, I said, you know, I decided I was going to say I'm going to try to defend the Bible. So this guy's on the internet, and he says the Bible's full of errors. So I say, I type back, and I say. And this is on like a forum or on whatever you would call it, a forum. And I say, uh, where in the Bible is there errors? That's a good question. Amen. Where in the Bible? If somebody ever asks you something like, well, the Bible's full of errors. Say, well, where in the Bible's a A lot of times they don't have any. They say, I've heard that. They've, only heard, they've never investigated it from themselves. So then he comes back after a while and he says, okay, you asked for it. And then he posts on there, it says, the Bible says that bats are birds. And we all know that bats are mammals. That's his error in the Bible. So, you know, without, if you're not thinking much this morning, because I know it's kind of early in the morning, think about what he just said. That would not hold up any court of law in any land. You want to define what something is, and then when I don't define it the same way you do, then that's an error. Any, that, that don't work that way. Any kid you grab and you take any little kid and you stand them out and you see a bat flying in the air, they will call that a bird. They would call that a bird. It doesn't hold up anyway. What the deal was is he had went on, and I promise you what he did is he went on and he would Google it up, errors in the Bible. If you Google it up, that's one of the first ones that shows up. So he's just Googling. He's not searching for it. He's not searching for the truth himself. You know, uh... We got our latest prayer letter from the Lee family that came through. He's in Italy. And this is what he wrote. And this, I thought this was interesting. It kind of deals with what I'm talking about this morning. It says, this last month, now this is, he's over in Italy. This last month I was witnessing to an elderly man on the sidewalk in front of the nearby Catholic church when a priest came out and told me to via via, which means to hit the road, Jack. When I politely ignored him, he started in on our discussion of praying to Mary. After a couple of minutes, he was speechless, being shut down by the Bible. After a brief moment of silence from him, he started yelling at me. This priest starts yelling at Joshua. Starts yelling at me to saying, you're a demon, you're a demon. And after a minute of this, he told me that I was not a demon, but I am the devil of Palermo. Now, that's where he's at. He says he's calling the devil of Palermo. There were some weird expressions on the faces of those around, so there's a lot of people around when this is happening. When I asked him why I I was the devil of limo and not the drugs or the mafia or the prostitution, why they weren't the devil of limo, his reply was simple. This is what the priest told Joshua. He said it in Italian, and I can't read Italian, but he quotes it in Italian, and then he says that what he said in Italian was this, because you trust too much in the Bible. You see, Catholics have no ultimate authority. Their authorities consist of the revelations from the Catholic saints, approved portions of scriptures to be read, and the constant changing positions of the popes. That priest has never never stopped and stood around for a while and realized what he's saying. Samuel says, Stand thou still a while, that I may show thee the word of God. It's good just to stand around for a little while. Turn to Exodus chapter 14. I've heard Brother Donovan, he was out on the street. Exodus 14, verse 13. I've heard Brother Donovan, he said he was out on the street, street preaching, and this young punk uh, college student, and he called him a punk, you know, so I don't... He said this young punk college student came up to him and, and said, uh, "Why do you, I don't believe in Jesus. And he said, uh, Jesus is just a, just a made-up historical figure. And he goes, why don't you not believe in Jesus? And that, that young college student basically said, I've never seen a picture of Jesus. You can't show me a picture of Jesus. And and so Brother Donovan says, you believe in George Washington? He said, yeah, but I've seen a picture of him. And Brother Donovan just shook his head and laughed at him. You've never seen a picture of George Washington? You've seen a drawing of George Washington? You've never seen a photo of George Washington? And that college student just sat there for a while and it's like this light went, ding! Uh, Oh, yeah. That's right. Stand still for a little while. Realize what you're saying. Realize what you're, what's coming out of your mouth. Let's look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. This is one of the greatest events in human history. This is the crossing of the Red Sea. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you. Show to you today. Now, what's going on here is, of course, Israel, Moses is leading all the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, and Pharaoh's chasing them, and they come to the Red Sea, and they're, they're basically trapped here, and they're trapped between Pharaoh and the Red Sea, and they all think they're about to die. And, and God tells them, Stop, tell, tell them not to fear anymore. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Moses says, stand still, you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still for a while. You're about to see something, guys. (laughs) Stop worrying about everything and stand still. And the Lord, verse 15, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Stand still and let the Lord show you a miracle. Stand still and let the Lord show you a miracle. You know, if you'll just stand still and talk to some Christians, you'll get you'll get a lot of miracles told to you. As a pastor, as I go to visit different people over at their houses and uh, get to visit to them and, and, and talking to them over a cup of coffee or whatever we're doing right there, it's amazing how many stories they tell me. These I, I, you could go so far, just call them miracles that's happening. But you can't hear these stories when you're running by them and not stopping to talk to them. And the Lord says, "Stand still. I'm going to show you something." But you, before I can show it to you, you've got to stand still. Stand still a while. Fear you not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, if you go to a university, a lot of professors in university they try to do away with this miracle. They try to say that Israel, they didn't go across, they didn't, the Red Sea didn't part like it. They went across this marshy ground. And if you watch up. Uh, Watch like the History Channel or any of these other channels. They try to say that there was a great earthquake. and They try to describe all these different ways of this natural events that took place so Israel could cross the Red Sea. They try to do everything they can to do away with this miracle. But guys, there's no way to do away with this miracle. You either believe it or you don't. And you can try to say, oh, they went across on marshy ground. They didn't go across on marshy ground. I just read there in verse 16, if you got your Bible open, I just read there in verse 16, it said, The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. There's other parts of the Bible that says the sea was heaped up. Walls were heaped up. If you watch that movie Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, it goes gives you a good uh, gives you a good description of showing you how they cross at Red Sea and the sea walls were on each side of them. They went across on dry ground. It was a miracle, and God said, "Stand still! I'm going to show you a miracle." And so many of us haven't seen a miracle from God because we don't stand still to see it happen. We're too busy running through here and run. We don't stop to think. Did I just almost get run over by somebody? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that uh, he's taking care of me. I didn't just trip and fall and break my leg. I didn't just pull out in front of some Man, I, uh, me and Joker can testify to this. We drive a big truck for the city of Brownwood. Of those big old trucks. Joker's truck's even bigger than mine. How many people pull out in front of us? How many people get up beside us? How many people we almost kill every day in those big old trucks? And they're going along woo-hoo, whistling, never realizing, man, you're just this close to seeing God. <laughs> just this close. Amen to that. And they go along and, ooh, whoo whistling. Never realize. They don't ever stop and think, what happened right there? He almost ran me over. He almost killed me. He almost just completely... The Lord says, stand still. I'm about to show you a miracle. You realize the nation of Israel, it's all about miracles. Amen. And I've heard a preacher say, they ask you, well, why do you believe this Bible? How can you believe this Bible? Prophecy in Israel. Amen. I always say prophecy, but I've heard another preacher say, Israel that Israel is alive and kicking today. Amen. And that nation Israel that you see about in the news, that everybody talks about in the news from Trump to Obama to, J- to Kerry to whoever it is, they talk about Israel. That nation is a burdensome stone, just like the Bible said it would be in the end times. It's a burdensome stone to all that. They wish it would just go away. It's not going to go away. Amen. That's God's nation. And God created that nation with a miracle. And that nation still believes in that miracle. To this day. They live on miracles. Some of y'all might not believe me. Because you know, well, Brother Keegan, he's always popping his mouth off. I know I'm always popping my mouth off. But a lot of times, I try to have something to back it up. That's a headline out of Jerusalem Post. That's a terrorist. And that terrorist says, their God changes the path of their rocks in midair, said a terrorist. Amen. Amen. You say, which side do you pick? The Muslim side or the Jewish side? Always pick God's side. I always pick God's side. God said that land belongs to Israel. I'm always going to pick Israel's side. Every stinking time. Because I'm not going to go against God. Amen. Ben-Gurin, David Ben-Gurin, the, was quoted at the, Jew, at the Jewish Telegraph. He is quoted as saying, he's a great Israeli. He is quoted as saying, in Israel, in Israel, in order to be a realist, you must believe in miracles. Amen. The Talmud, which is our first, the first five books of the Bible, we call the Bible the first the Old Testament, tells us that no way are we to depend on miracles. This is his quote. It argues that we must not desist from our obligations and must not wait for miraculous intervention from the supernatural. How perfectly relevant are both of these views today? We witness hourly, hourly miracles. As one of the terrorists from Gaza was reported to say when asked why they couldn't aim their rockets more effectively, we do aim them, the terrorist said, but their God changes their path in midair. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Do you believe in miracles, Brother King? And I believe in miracles. I believe in Israel. And when our God is not busy doing that, He's ensuring that the high-tech brain power of our startup nation is working overtime to produce yet another Iron Dome battery to help protect our cities and us. The theme of miracles protecting Israel during the Gaza war is not limited to this newspaper. Listen to this other article. The Jewish nation's existence for 6,000 years is a miracle. There is no single Jewish life without a miracle. Miracle is an essential part of our belief. It is a gem of Jewish folklore. It is a source of our hope in the dark. It is a gift of our dreams. And we know why. Why? Because these miracles are true. Amen. That's a testimony of a Jewish newspaper, guys. That's, they're not even Christians. You need to stop and talk to some Christians. If you stop and pull me to the side, I'll tell you some miracles God's did in my life. And there's a lot of people in this room could do the same thing, but you've got to stop and stand still for a while. The problem is, is people don't want to hear it because what happens? If they hear that, then they're going to have to start doing something about it. You've got to answer to that. Amen. They don't want the truth. They don't want the truth of what God's doing in our lives. Because if we can show them what God, and tell them, and give them testimonies of what God's done in our lives, changed our lives, some of the miracles some of us can tell about what God's did for us, they've got to, they got to start questioning their beliefs. And they have to come to realization when they stand still for a while and realize, "Uh Uh-oh, maybe God really is real. Maybe there is something to this Jesus Christ. Stand still for a while. You might learn something. You might learn something. Let's close in John. Gospel of John. Let's stand at the cross of Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better place to stand this morning than to stand at the precious cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to stand there for a little while as we close. Let's stand, stand for a while at the cross of Jesus Christ. John chapter 19. We'll, we'll start there in verse 25. John chapter 19. We'll start there in verse 25. Stand still for a while. I, I, I realize what's going on in the world. I realize people are just running, trying to keep themselves busy, because if they slow down, they're going to have to think too much. And so many people, I see them. I see how they live. 24 hours a day, sometimes literally 24 hours a day, they have something on in their house or in their car. A radio or a TV. You can't go, they don't, if they get in the car, they got the radio cranked up. As soon as they leave the radio, they have their headphones, had their headphones in their ear and they're going from the car to the business, to the work, to wherever they're going. They get in their business, they either keep the headphones in or they have the radio. And they, got, they go home, they got the TV cranked up. They, oh, they don't ever have time to just turn all this garbage off and think for a little while. Slow down and think and stand still for a little while and see what the Lord can show you. When I get ready to preach a sermon, when I get ready to get ready for a funeral, when I, I get whatever I'm doing for the Lord, I don't turn everything on in my house and turn everything up and turn the TV on. Everything in my house gets shut off. And I go into my office and I stand still for a little while. And it's amazing what the Lord will show me when I stand still for a little while. But so many people don't want to stand still for a little while. If, if they stand still for any amount of time, what's the first thing they're going to do? Y'all know what I'm about to do, don't you? Y'all seen it a million times. They pull the phone out. Amen? Amen. Y'all young guys, y'all need to go to school for, being a ne- for neck surgery and for thumb surgery. You'll be millionaires. Amen? People walking around like this all day long, and I see it. I, I, y- y- y'all, young kids, y- y'all are horrible about it. We, you ask Joker, we hire these young guys, we can't hire a young guy that doesn't play on his phone all day long. All day long, he's always got to have his phone playing with it. And I'm always wondering, what, what's he doing on that? And I'll ask him sometimes, What are you reading? Facebook. Facebook, I was at Heftsburgers Burgers there in Brownwood, and I noticed they had a sign right there for the employees, and the sign, the big old letters on the sign, it said, stay off your phone, go to work, <laughs> did y'all see that in there, Linda, Did y'all see that sign that said that, stay off your phone, and stand around for a little while, and see what the Lord has for you. Let's look at the foot of Jesus. Let's stand at the foot of Jesus at the cross of Calvary. Look at verse 25. John chapter, ni- John chapter 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophilus, and Mary Magdalene. You know, on Mother's Day, it's a good, a good time to point out that most of Jesus' followers were women. And they loved the Lord. And they, did, they were not scared of getting in trouble. They weren't scared of getting thrown in jail. They weren't scared of being tortured. They weren't scared of getting persecuted. They were standing right there at the foot of the cross. They followed him just like everybody else, amen. You notice how they weren't scared. Some of the boldest women, some of the boldest people I know for Jesus Christ are women. Amen. I just buried one yesterday, one of the greatest women I've ever known, When he died. All the things she put up with, the Lord gave her. She still gave a great testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing you don't know when we we stand there at the cross of Calvary and we look at Jesus Christ on that cross, the first thing you need to realize as we stand still and we observe, we need to realize that the world will kill an innocent man. Yes, sir. The world will kill an innocent man. Back in, uh, If you're in chapter 19, if you want to, look at verse uh, 4. Because Pilate says, Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. The man that crucified him. The man that crucified Jesus Christ said, I find no fault in him. Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus Christ, he threw down the money and he said, I betrayed the innocent blood. If you stand still for a while and you look at the newspaper and you look at the internet and you look at TV, they are persecuting Christians for absolutely no reason. And there's guys, and y'all might not believe me, but it's true. They would kill you if they could get away with it at the drop of a hat. Simply because you believe in Jesus Christ. They hate you. And they hated Jesus Christ an innocent man. And they're willing to kill you for it. It bothers me to know in that something happened over in some country. And, oh, the media gets so... St- oh, they're being persecuted. Oh, they're being persecuted. And on a daily basis, they're cutting Christians' heads off. And there's not a thing in the paper about it. Not a thing cutting the Christians, raping Christian women, killing their kids, burying their kids in the sand with, around an ant bed so, and covering them with honey so the, so the ants would kill them. All this torturing kids. And the news media says nothing about it. We'll say, well, how'd you find out about it, Brother Keegan? Because I'm looking at the sites that talk about it. And it isn't on Yahoo, I promise you. That's not on Google. It's not on CNN. It's not on Fox News. And they're getting killed by the hundreds of thousands every year, Christians. And everybody's zipping their mouth. Nobody's rushing over there to help protect them because they're only Christians. But if you let some transgender or something, something happen to them, the whole media is running over there. We got to help them. Oh, the poor persecuted homosexuals. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to tell you the truth. It's about time we stand up. Stand up, stand still for a while and find out what's going on. Look at verse 26. I want to show you something special about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, our Lord and Savior, He's so special. When Jesus, therefore, saw His mother and the disciples standing by whom He loved, that would be John who wrote the Gospel of John, He saith unto His mother, Woman, behold thy son, then saith he to the disciple, that's John, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. What did Jesus just do there? Jesus, in the worst hour of his life, hanging on the cross, pain, misery like we have never going to know, he looks down and sees his mother and he says, John, take care of my mother for me. That's love. All you mothers on Mother's Day, that's real love from a son. Take care of my mother. And that's exactly what John did. In closing, I'd like to turn to Mark 15. Please turn to Mark 15, if you will, with me. And I, will, I promise we're closing here. I want to show you one more thing about the cross of Calvary. About standing at the cross. Mark chapter 15, verse 34. Oh, there's so much we can learn just by standing at the cross cross of Calvary, and seeing what all happened to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you need to do a study of that on your own. Go home and say, you know what, I'm going to do what that old pastor said, and I'm going to try to read my Bible more. Just read about, just take every place and read about Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Just every morning. And I'm going to tell you, if you have any kind of heart, you're going to have a hard time reading about it without shedding a tear. Seeing what they did to that poor, innocent man. I don't care, even if you're not a Christian, here's an innocent man and all the stuff they did to him. In verse 34, at the end, at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, ila, ila, lama which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them had stood by when they had heard it and said, behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink saying, let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. That's a very important scripture, right there. When Jesus Christ gave up the ghost and he yelled out, it says in the temple that the temple's about the size of this building right here. The whole temple, and in, 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 in the Holy of Holies, there had been a curtain about right here, and inside here was the Ark of the Covenant, and you had, you had where they would have the mercy seat, and that's where they believed, it was about the size of this right here. And that's where they had the angels, and they had the mercy seat, and they believed God dwelt right there. And only, the, only one time a year they went into that place, in the Holy of Holies, only one time a year. And the high priest was allowed to go in, and he only went in through the precious blood of a lamb sprinkled. And he would walk in, and he had put that blood on that mercy seat, and that was to cover the sins of Israel for that year. And they had, a, they had a veil to cover that up so nobody could see in there, and it was dark. It was a complete darkness in there. No, no candle or nothing. And when Jesus Christ, it says when he yelled out and he gave up the ghost, it said the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. It just went. And what happened? That thing fell open, and everybody could see into there that wanted to see in. God's not there. Jesus, the Father, the Holy Ghost, He's not, the Lord's not dwelling right there anymore. He's going to start dwelling right here. In the hearts of men. Verse 39, And when the centurion which stood, See, he's standing. That's what we're doing this morning. We're standing looking. And when the centurion which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, look what the centurion said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. If you honestly, with a pure heart, seeking the truth, stand at the cross of Calvary, and you look at Jesus Christ, you have to say, truly, this was the Son of God. Lee Strobel did, and there's a movie out about it, Case for Christ. He did. He went looking. He went searching. He went finding out. He thought Jesus was a lie. It was a myth. His wife became a Christian. He didn't, want, he didn't want his wife to be a Christian, and their marriage was falling apart. So he went to investigate. And this was a highly educated man. And he went to investigate it. You know what he found out when he investigated it? Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God. J. Warner Wallace. Highly educated man. Police detective, homicide detective for the Los Angeles Police Department. He was an atheist. He didn't believe any of that garbage. He decided he'd investigated himself. You know what happened when he stood at the cross of Calvary after he investigated? He looked up and he said, Truly, this was the Son of God. And he became a Christian. If you're a seek Jesus Christ and look for the truth and just stand still for a while, because that's what happened to me. I went into a church. And I stood still for a while and I heard the preacher preaching and he gave the message, he talked about Jesus Christ and in my heart, you know what my heart, I said, I said truly this was the Son of God and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Any honest person, man, woman, boy or child that comes to Jesus Christ with an open heart and investigates it and stands still for a while, they'll come to the same conclusion. That Jesus is the Son of God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, there was a skeptic, and I'm going to close with this little story, there was a skeptic, and he went to this tent revival, it was an open air tent revival, this is back in the turn of the century, last turn of the century, and they had a, had a great preacher up there, and he was preaching, they were letting people give testimonies, and there was an old drunk of the town, and this drunk, he was a, the town drunk, he got up and he started giving a testimony of receiving Jesus Christ, and getting saved, and how it changed his life, and it, it, how great it was, and and that atheist, that skeptic in the back, he was standing in the back, and that guy was up there in the podium giving his testimony, and that guy's back and goes, "It's only a dream," and that poor guy would hear that guy scream out, and he he would keep giving his testimony about getting saved and how the Lord had delivered him from alcohol, and he was talking, and then that skeptic in the back, he got to yelling again, "It's only a dream, it's only a dream." And about the third or fourth time he yelled that out, somebody tugged on his jacket. And he looked down at it, and it was a little girl. And that little girl was tugging on that man's jacket. She said, sir, she said, sir, that's my daddy. And if it's only a dream, don't wake him up. Don't wake him up. Sister Tammy was telling me before church, and I hope she's okay with me telling you, she went to see her aunt. She didn't know her. And her, her dad's sister, she had been in bars all her life. All her life. And her, uh, Tammy's dad had got to talking to her, trying to witness to her, trying to lead her to the Lord, and she finally accepted the Lord over the phone, and he'd never seen her face to face, and she lived down in Mississippi, and she accepted the Lord over the phone, and... That lady passed away, and so Tammy and her brother had to go down to Mississippi to get some things that straightened out because with with she had no family other than that was here in Texas. And Tammy said that as her dad was talking to her, her dad says, well, I hope she was saved because I hope she just didn't tell me that just to get me to shut up and leave her alone. <laughs> Amen. That's how some of us feel about our family. We think they just tell us they're saved so we'll stop witnessing to them. And Tammy said she got down there and she was talking to one of the lady's friends. She said, yeah, when she was in in the hospital, she was there when she had accepted the Lord. She said, so she changed. She completely changed. Now you understand why that girl said, don't wake him up. Some of y'all know me as Brother Keegan. You wouldn't want to know me before I got saved. You wouldn't want to know me. If you could see how the Lord has changed my life, you would have to say, that's a miracle. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your upon him.